When we get to the bottom, we go back to the top of the slide, and then we turn and we look and we go for a ride, and we get to the bottom, and it's Wednesday night, and we get to see you again. Yes, welcome. It's straight class. It's the glorified version of a Bass and Talk show. I'm your host, Pat Renwick. It's a lot of words. Welcome, Bass Galaxy. Hello. It's Wednesday. Yes. Celebrate. Hello. Hello, hello. We're back after a hiatus. It's good to be here. Ginger Ninja, bass fishing talk show host, extra, or, uh, producer extraordinaire. Yeah, bud. How you feeling, Ginge? Back at it, right? We had uh, JR do the Rick Clun special edition. We did a bass buzz in between then and now. And now we bring you the return of Stray Cast with the one and only legend, icon of bassin, Hank Parker. Yes, Hank Parker tonight for the first time ever on the Stray Cast show. We've we've interviewed Hank at some Forcewood Cups before, some memorable times I think with Gentleman George and and Hank and Larry Nixon and all kinds of fun stuff. Forest Wood together, that was great and. But this is the first time ever for a feature with Hank Parker uh, right here on Stray Cast, and we're pretty uh, excited about it. And um, our buds at, at Berkeley Fishing are excited as well. So we're having the official 2022 Stray Cast Hank Parker uh, cast for, uh, not cash, but good stuff tonight. Right here, Bassmaster Classic Celebration already. Yes, that's how we do it here. With Ashley Schaefer. Woo! So here's what you got to do. You got to like and share the live Facebook feed. Okay? Like and share the live Facebook feed and comment Zoom Hank. That's very important. Comment Zoom Hank and you get a chance to zoom in at the end of the show and do the, uh, the Berkeley uh, cast for Mega Pack at the end of the show. Zoom in. You, Hank Parker... You play a game show with Hank and get a chance to win a, a bunch of Maxent Generals, a bunch of uh, Power Bait Power Worms, Berkeley Swag Pack, all kinds of good Hank Parker stuff. So uh, like and share the live Facebook feed and comment Zoom Hank. Jay Cos is going to pick your name, and at the end of the show, we're doing the, uh, the live deal with Hank and you on the Zoom. Right along, right along. Uh, hey, congratulations to uh, John Cruz for his victory. That's right, Bass Galaxy. Nice and steady. John Cruz, nice and steady. Four days on the St. John's River. Congratulations. Uh, John's coming out next week onto the Stray Cash Show, and hopefully the, uh, the winner of the, uh, the last uh, Florida Derb uh, that starts tomorrow. Good luck to all the boys out there tomorrow. We got a couple horses in the race, don't we, Ginge? Good luck to all them tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. Hey, uh, don't forget, comment. I'm being told, comment Zoom Hank. Zoom Hank. It's the only way you're getting picked. That means you have to have Zoom on your phone already. Oh, yeah, that's important. You have to have Zoom, right, Chinch? Yeah. Zoom on the phone or the laptop, however you're watching this, uh, and then you're going to be on with Hank Parker. Comment Zoom Hank in the comments. Jane Kaz uh, will pick you for the chance for the Berkeley Fishing cast for uh, seven gazillion dollars, but not really, just a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, hey, did you know that TH Marine Supplies... Uh, now has vintage patches. Did you know that, Ginge? 
Did you know that Bass Galaxy TH Marine Supply now has vintage patches? It's cool. Your uh, your mom can sew them on. Your grandma can sew them on. Your auntie can sew them on. Uh, on anything. Uh, check it out. THMarineSupplies.com. Uh, uh, Sims Fishing uh, Challenger Wear. Um, very basic. I, I can't say basic. It's it's the, um, what do you say? Ginge's entry level, even fair to say, because of how it performs. I just got back from Florida, and uh, the Sims Challenger gear performed flawlessly. From the new pants to the hoodie to the uh, rain gear, it's all good stuff. And I highly recommend the, uh, the Challenger gear. Check it out at OmniaFishing.com. Uh, moving right along. Hey, um, Ginge, I guess we, uh, we got to get to some business with our old bud over there. Where's, where in the heck is, could, the, uh, could the Whiskey Gypsy be? Where do you think the Whiskey Gypsy could possibly be? I know he's on tour somewhere. And, uh, and you know that every week here on Straycast, the Whiskey Gypsy comes in and does the uh, Straycast word uh, whiskey, tin cup whiskey, word of the week. What, what in the world is going on? Holy shnikes. It is the Whiskey Gypsy. I was confused for a minute. I saw, I saw a, uh, a grade, like a, uh, what do you call that, an air conditioning vent. And I was like, hold on, somebody's trying to escape from something. But it's really you, the Whiskey Gypsy, after all. I'm getting warmed up, Luke. It's, I've been off for a couple weeks, and I'm like, all these words from my brain keep going ahead of other words. And we have Hank Parker on tonight, and I'm so excited. So excited. You got, a, you got a lot going on. You got a lot going on. I do. What are you sipping on there? I know it's not gin and juice. It looks a little... Uh, Looks now nice. I'm si- sipping on a 10-cup old-fashioned. Wow. Wait, you just finished one and had another one right Yeah, because I, <laughs> I, fig- I figured just as soon as you cued me on that I'd be done with this one, I, and I am. You, you, you timed and it so well. I had, another, I had another one waiting on me. And you have fancy ice cubes in there. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I'm the whiskey gypsy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you? Are you back in Indiana? Yeah, I came home for four days uh, to see my daughter and to do a bunch of work and then uh, flying out uh, Friday morning to go do the next Elite in Florida. I'm going to work Friday, Saturday, Sunday and see everybody in Leesburg. Palaka was a great crowd. They came out. They drank a bunch of tin cup. They bought a bunch. We had a great time with the BASS crew. Uh, our boys, Seth and Matt, didn't make the cut, but that happens. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure they're going to catch him this week. And Matt and Cassie spent a lot of time helping me in the booth Saturday. So we're doing that. We're getting ready for the Bassmasters Classic. We're going to have a yeah, big booth there. The bleed is red. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's so coming up. It's things coming are up. going good. Things are going good. Hey, we got a double Bass Classic champ on the night, but Hank Parker. Yeah, we do. Yeah. How, many, yeah, we do. how much time did you spend with Hank Parker on, on a Sunday afternoon? Or oh, every, 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 every Sunday. Yeah. I mean, every Sunday. Uh, unreal. Yeah. Uncle Hank, yeah. man. He's your uncle, too. Yeah, he is. As a matter of fact, like the first really nice tackle pack that I got as a kid uh, was the hog collar spinner baits, the, the, uh, the man's classic spinner baits. You got two three quarter ounce, two three eighths ounce, and two quarter ounce. And that was just the best thing ever. Wow. I think I was like 11, 12 years old. Um, I still remember that. I remember still the pack remember in the Bass Pro Shop. Yeah, the Bass Pro Shop camp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember it, yeah. dude. Yeah. I, yeah. Cool stuff, Luke. And if I could tell you another thing, and this is the truth. <laughs> no, tell us so a lie. <laughs> I, 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 took that, I took that red Pro Shop, Bass Pro Shops camp, 
-hmm. And I sat at the end of the hall and I'd flip and pitch into that. And I got to practice in that. And that's how we got the 10 cup casting mat casting in 10 cup cups look all at, those years ago. Look at that. Look where they, yeah, look where it kindled. Look where it kindled. Well, we yep. sure do appreciate the contribution of 10 cup whiskey, whiskey to uh, bass fishing and, and certainly what they give to the, uh, the, the entire sport, the entire bass galaxy. And of course the straight cash show, um, Luke, we have this thing called the, uh, word of the week, the 10 cup whiskey we do. We word do. of the week. What do you got? You know, I, I think we'll go with classic because you're going to talk about him winning classic. You're going to talk Whoa. about the Hank Parker's classic, classic spinner bait. I, I think classic's a good word to go. Okay. So if you hear, hear the word classic, uh, take a drink. Um, we ask that you drink responsibly. You could drink whatever you choose. You could drink tin cup whiskey. You could choose a uh, ice cold Coca-Cola, whatever it may be. Yeah. Drink responsibly. And tin cup whiskey is the official brown liquor. A bassin. That's right. That's yeah. right. Hey, uh, uh, um, Luke, a couple things. Um, uh, first off, I want to uh, remind everybody, uh, like and share the live Facebook feed. You can do this too, Luke, by the way. You can, good, you can enter. We won't pick you, but you can still enter. And, <laughs> and uh, all you got to do is like and share the live Facebook feed. Put Zoom Hank. Zoom Hank. You got a chance to get on here at Straight Cast, the end of the show with Hank Parker, and do the uh, cast for Kazillion Dollars. No, it's not a Kazillion Dollars. It's just an awesome Berkeley fishing prize pack. Like and share. Have Zoom installed. Comment Zoom Hank. All right. A couple more things, Luke, before we move on. Uh, okay. Congratulations uh, to Garrett Rockamora uh, from Power Pole on his win over there at the... Uh, at the, uh, I still call it FL Dub, but a BFL. I don't know what to call it anymore. But Garrett's awesome, and and uh, congratulations uh, uh, to him. And uh, and Luke, I'd like you uh, you and I to toast right now to uh, uh, as we we put the power poles down, and uh, we're going to toast to a fallen Bassin brother. Um, you may or may not know this gentleman, but uh, the Bass World lost uh, Bink Desario. And uh, and our uh, condolences to uh, to Bink's family, and uh, of course uh, Bink. For those that knew him, we, he was a kind-hearted soul. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, our condolences and Godspeed to you, uh, Bink Desario. Uh, with that being said, keep the cheer, keep the good grace, keep the positivity. Put the power poles down. Don't go anywhere. We're coming back with. Bass legend icon, Hank Parker. See you in a minute. Thanks, guys. Peace. Love you guys. You too, bud. Nobody wants to run out of power when they're on the water. There is a better way. Introducing the Charge Marine Power Management Station from PowerPole that does the work of three devices, a traditional battery charger, a charge on the run, and an emergency start system. PowerPole Charge. This is the mountain, and this is mountain whiskey. Unspoiled, untamed, forever wild. There's no safety net, no way down. Up here, it's just man and the mountain and his tin 
Tin Cup Whiskey. Mountain Whiskey. The TH Marine Hydrowave H2 KVD Edition is a surefire way to ignite a feeding frenzy. The Hydrowave utilizes a sound emitting technology that imitates bait fish and other feeding fish below the surface that preys on the competitive nature of bass and other game fish to get you more bites. The Hydrowave is another way that TH Marine has you covered from transom to trolling motor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is the glorified version of a bass and talk show. I'm your host, Pat Renwick, and I am completely honored and feel privileged to bring to you Bass Galaxy for the first time ever as a feature guest on this show, the one and only iconic Bassin legend. Please give it up loud for the one and only Hank Parker. Yes. All right, Pat, how we doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? That's the question. I'm happy as can be to have you here, Hank. Yeah, I'm tickled to death, man. I, I I didn't know that the whole world knew you were my booking agent. Have you yeah, told them? No, I ain't told them any of that yet. Yeah, oh, I'm... But- we might want to keep that under wraps. Yeah, because I, I first, I don't think everybody can afford me like you can. First well, off, they don't. Right. They, I didn't even think about. They that. don't they all. Keep yeah, that quiet. Yeah, they don't all have Hank Parker money. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I got over, over thirty dollars cash <laughs> on you, on you. <laughs> hey, uh, but seriously, man, it's great to have you here, Hank. Um, you've you've been uh, a great uh, supporter of the stray cast show for a while but we've never we've never actually had on the the actual show it's only been at remotes like at forest wood cups and and uh, and parties and things like that yeah you have to bring all the equipment my flip phone don't do very well with all <laughs> but i mean i mean we got the berkeley office memo we bur- both have matching uh berkeley hoodies on so that worked That's well cool, that worked yeah. well <laughs> but uh yeah man i mean uh hank you are a very important part of bass fishing history i don't know if that's weird for you to hear or not but you really are i mean you were part of our lives for so long so may i start this way with you mr parker and and i often as a bass fishing talk show host i i actually believe it or not hank i do a little bit of research a little r and d you know what i mean you You know what i I mean not like the boys in spirit lake over there but i do my own kind of i do my own kind of r and d if you know what i'm saying so i googled i I googled hank parker bassin okay Hank Parker Bassin, and and here's a couple things that that came up. Okay, I, I want on on the computer on the Google. Now it's very these are these are you can do it yourself. Have have uh, have the uh, the Ginger Viking do it too over there. Have Jordan do it too. You can, this is this is real stuff. Okay, these are not true stories I made up, but this is real, Hank. So, um, <laughs> the first <laughs> well, the first thing that came up. When I googled Hank Parker Bassin was how old is Bill Dance? Yeah, that came up. That was one of the yeah. things. Okay. That was one of the things. Um another, and these are crazy answers, by the way. Click on the answers on these. 
What did yeah. Hank Parker do before he was a bass fisherman? <laughs> the Google answer to this is Hank Parker was the original power fisherman. <laughs> So before you were a bass fisherman, you were a power fisherman. Okay, I like that. Yeah, that's, so, so that, that's an amazing uh, accomplishment right there. That's the yeah. that's the horse in front of the cart or the cart in front of the horse. You know what I mean? Six and five oh, half yeah, dozen of the other catch forty four. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so the uh, it says, oh, this one is another good one. It says, how what is Hank Parker's net worth? And we look at that, and it says. KVD is the richest professional bass fisherman. That was the answer to this. I like yeah. that. <laughs> Tell them we need to call Kevin and ask for a loan. <laughs> Here's the best one yet. Get this. Get this. This one's going to make you mad. I mean, it's going <laughs> to make you a little mad. I mean, not mad, mad, but you're going to be like, come on, they should know this. So the, uh, the, it said, what boat does Hank Parker use? And the answer was, Mercury. Mercury's that, not that's a boat. true. Hey, that's true. I know it's true, but Mercury's not a boat. If it said what well, every boat I've got's got a Mercury on it. So it <laughs> so, it's a, so all this stuff is the point proven is always believe everything on the internet that you Google <laughs> about Hank Parker, right? You're you're an interesting uh, don't, guy, don't Hank believe. Parker. Yeah, don't believe. yeah, you're an interesting guy. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> No, for real. I mean, you are you are like our Uncle Hank. Uh, what was the the outdoor notebook? What was that? Eighty five, Hank. Was that that long ago? Eighty five. How about that's a long time ago. Wow. I mean, uh, we you, spent you're just a child. <laughs> I was. I graduated high school in eighty six. Actually, yeah. Uh, come on. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I, I did too. Hey, I did too. <laughs> ten years of my life was that eighth grade. Yeah, we went to the same high school together at different times. At yeah. I was something like that. I don't know. It was Ryan Whitaker. Yeah, I stayed for twelve years. You got out in four. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but no, you. I mean, let's face it. A lot of years, many people in the Bass Galaxy, boys, girls, men, women. I'll watch Tank Parker every weekend. And that's a big deal, man. Like, you're part of everyone's Bassin family. Does that feel weird, Hank? Yeah, that is. That's a good thing, though. You know, I love it. I uh, I like people, and I like doing television, and I've been doing it for so long. It's just a part of who I am anymore. So it's really cool that people are still watching. It's really not a whole lot of used to do those shows if nobody watches. Yeah, but as long as you're having fun, no, Hank, just keep doing them, please. Always. Oh, yeah, oh. it's hard not to have fun uh, when you've got a rod in your hand, you know what I mean? Well, I, I, I know, we, we see you having fun for years, man. Like, you're <laughs> important to us. I want to tell you something, 1994 was a huge year for me because my daughter was born in 94. Oh, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, but get this. Also, I got another great gift from the Bassin Gods. That uh, it was the Nintendo Hank Parker Super Black Bass game. <laughs> yes, that, uh, that was another amazing thing. Yeah, that was a big deal there back in the 90s. It really was. I mean, and then you were like further in everybody's living room. You know what I mean? I like that. That yeah, was good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're a vi like now they have the Bassmaster uh, video game, as you, you probably see. The elites have a whole new. Bassmaster game, but you were the OG, bud. You were the one that started the whole bass and video games. 
I like that. That's yeah. a good deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, if if you were going to be like a video guy ga- uh, gamer online now, what would be your handle? Hank? Oh, I'd probably be Hammer and Hank. <laughs> Uh, gamer name Hammer and Hank. Nobody gonna compete with that. You're not. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Hammer and Hank is pretty good. <laughs> hey, your '89 classic. Of course, you won two Bassmaster Classics, and you're an Angler of the Year. But your '89 classic inspired so many people. I mean, that was one that really hit home for for a lot of bass fishing fans. And, and of course, Hank, just the fact that you are basically a member of every hall of fame that there is in the fit in fishing i mean you've accomplished a lot that's it's 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 crazy when you think about it's almost unfathomable what you have accomplished in your your career at this point you know the coolest part about my whole career is i started at a time that it was all pretty fresh i go back from the time i was just a kid i remember ray scott's first tournament he had on Beaver Lake. I wasn't there, but I read about it in a little paper, a little newspaper kind of a deal. And then I remember down at Lake Eufaula, I've got, I still got that Bassmaster copy where Blake Honeycutt yeah. uh, from Hickory, North Carolina caught 138 pounds of bass. And I, <laughs> you know, my goal at that time was to catch a five pounder. Uh, <clears throat> but I lived the whole era. From the time Ranger Boat started, I remember the first boat, the first Ranger Boat I ever saw, Ranger was written on the side with stencil. It was spray painted uh, with, with stencil. Ranger Boat flipping on Arkansas with a 501 area code. Was it, it really? Phone number it was on the boat. That's the first Ranger I saw. It was stencil. So I've been a part of the whole explosion. I started and I was so ate up with it. When it all started, I was 15 years old. And so I've lived the whole bass era. And I was buddies with Tom Mann. I was buddies with Forrest Wood. Uh, I was buddies with with uh, Don Butler from Oklahoma, the one, the second Bassmaster Classic. Sure. Still good buddies today with Bobby Murray, won the first classic. So Billy Westmoreland, the old smallmouth fisherman from Tennessee that was so awesome. All these amazing people. I lived that era, and I was buddies with those guys. Beautiful era. It's just cool to look back on the sport and say, you know, I've been there from the beginning up until present day. And that that is cool. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Uh, Hank, two two time Bassmaster Classics, nuts angler of the year. I think you might have been the first angler to win a classic and angler of the year. Is that That's right? Correct. Yep, I did that. I won angler of the year in '83, mm-hmm. and I won the classic in '79. So I was the first guy to have done both. I, huge history, huge history. Get this: you're like a '75. You're you're a uh, you're a '750 batter. All right. You were in 104 derbs and you cashed 77 times. You're you're a proper bassin man. That's a derber. That's a derber. You get that? You get that, Hank Parker? Well. I mean, you had five wins. Of course, your 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 cup of classics. You had your uh the super bass derb. You had the super bass derb. You had uh Truman and uh James River. All, all, I mean, all right up your, 
right up your alley, right up your alley. But get this, get this. And I you, lost two by one ounce. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> you remember two, those. You remember two those. BASS tournaments by one ounce. That's ridiculous. Those, and it's, it's like, it's, I shouldn't say funny, but it's uh, no surprise that you remember that. You know what I mean? I forgot those. The wins, I don't remember them real well, but I remember those two I missed by one ounce. The, those hurt. But get this. This is going to make you feel better, Hank. Okay? And right. uh, out of your, your 104 derbs, you caught 2,586 pounds of bass. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of LBs, right? 2,586 pounds. Okay? Now, with that, you won... Four hundred and five thousand one hundred and fifty-six bucks. Four hundred and five thousand one hundred and fifty-six bucks. Pretty good, Hank. Pretty good. <laughs> but here's the impressive part: each bass that you caught, you're gonna have no idea, Hank. Each bass that you caught was worth hundred and fifty-six bucks a pound. hundred and fifty-six bucks a pound over fourteen years, fourteen classics, seven Ws. A-O-Y? But what you don't realize, I had $300 a pound in them. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it was $450 a pound. You were really in the red. (laughs) But, no, it's, 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 I mean, it's amazing if you think about it. And and, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Hank, you kind of started the swing in in 79. And and I want to take you back. 1979, I'm going to ask you, what were you doing? On March 23rd of 1979. March 23rd of 1979. You remember what you were doing? I don't remember what I was doing last Monday. I I will take a stab at it. March 23rd of 1979. You were driving. You started a drive home. March Mm. 23rd, 1979. You're a southern boy from, uh, from over there in the Carolinas. Oh, I, I uh, did I win the James River? No, you didn't win the James River. You're getting close, but you were actually all the way out in Arizona. Oh, yeah, Lake yeah. Powell. Yeah, and that was the first derb. I don't remember what place. I kind of rain man stuff sometimes, Hank. Uh, but you, that was the first derb where you really cashed a check. I think you won about maybe 3K. Something like that. 2700 2800 bucks. I and, finished seventh in that tournament and I caught the big fish. See? Bo Dowden and I actually tied for big fish. You and Bo Dowden. He's one of my heroes too, Hank. Oh Bo. Well, Bo Bo and I, we won a Ranger boat. Is, and uh Ray wanted us to flip and then he had us do a foot race. <laughs> and we were at Wallweep Lodge and it's straight down the hill and we got down in three-point stands, and I kicked Bo in the butt, and he fell all the way down the hill. You were in better shape than Bo Dowden, too. Yeah, yeah at that time, but it wasn't good. I, I about killed Bo. It wasn't good. So we decided we'd keep the boat together, and he had a Ranger dealership, so he sold it and uh, sent me a check. So it all worked out good. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. And Ray Scott had you foot race. Like, for yeah. the that's insane. Like, that's bassin' bud. That's how yeah, it should Bo be. Moved, Bo moved in slow motion, so Ray would tell everybody when they called Bo Dow's name, he said, now watch Bo. He's really quick. He won the silver medal in the Olympics in 19. 19- 
54. <laughs> when he was really great at the Olympic jig crawling competition. Yeah. There wasn't nobody crawl that archy jig like Bo Dowden. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> but man, 2,700 bucks. You know, here, think about it. You won 2,700 bucks, 1979. You're on your way. You were, you were Blake Honeycutt now. You you had become what you wanted to be. Like you were Blake, you were in the jumpsuit, Hank Parker. You know, you were Blake Honeycutt, bud. You, you know, before 1968, there weren't Lawrence had a little green box starting about 1962, but that thing didn't work real well. And Blake Honeycutt hooked up with a guy named Buck Perry. Yes, sir. The and they would troll Buck Spoons yep. and know where the humps were in the lakes. They would locate the high spots, the structure, the underwater stuff by trolling spoons and dropping marker buoys. So yep. now we talk about all the mega live and all the live scope and all the stuff they were trolling buck spoons to old, find a high spot in the middle of the lake the old spoon plug yeah that's exactly what it was yeah i could see uh, i could see buck perry and blake honeycutt out there now looking all cool in jumpsuits you know and now they have those lifeguard helmets on yeah. you know <laughs> Dropping marker buoys. We didn't even know what they were doing, you know. And they didn't even have pistol grip rods. They these were the grips before the pistol grips. Oh, yeah. Hank, they were the, the two generations before pistol grips. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, unreal. But you had become one of your heroes, man. Seventy nine, seventy nine, yeah. bud. I mean, it, it's a big <laughs> deal. I want to talk to you about that seventy nine classic. Moving along a little bit. That's, I mean. Uh-huh. Your first classic victory, um, full of stories. I, I've I've heard a bunch of stories about this. W- one of the things that that gets me every time is, and you've told this story to us before at the at the Forestwood Cup. But um, Ray Scott would only let you bring ten pounds of tackle. Ten pounds in an ten? official Plano tackle box. Imagine today, Hank, if our Bassmaster Elite Series anglers, if you told them. You can only bring 10 pounds of tackle. They'd freak out, dude. Oh, yeah. They'd be in bad trouble. Five rods and reels and 10 pounds of tackle. Five combos and, and 10 pounds of tackle. So I give did. me an example. The 1979 Bassmaster Classic. What are you working with, Hank Parker? You got five combos and allegedly more than 10 pounds of tackle. What are you working well, with? We... uh we tried to do everything we can. Now you can't Ray Ray is not in great shape. So if he knew this, he would penalize me still today. But we'd take those plain old tackle boxes. Or I did. I don't know if everybody did this. We'd take a razor blade. I could show I could shave about five ounces off the bottom of the shelves. Wow. And so I did everything I could to lighten my tackle box up. I, I I got it down about five or six ounces, and then I packed it and weighed it, packed it and weighed it, packed it. And you just want to make sure you got exactly 10 pounds. Well, I ended up with almost 11 pounds. That ain't good. Of course you did. Yeah, that's not a good thing. And, and yeah, and uh, Ray Scott's all over you now. Oh yeah, we had tackle box weigh in, and when I weighed mine in, 
I think the box itself weighed 11 pounds, so it was allowed to weigh 21. Mine weighed right at 22 pounds. Did Harold Sharp use a taser on you at that moment? Oh, uh, he was ready to hit. <laughs> but they were they were really drooling when they opened up my tackle. Like, so I had Fred I had the Fred Young's original big O's. You know, those things don't weigh but a quarter of an ounce. Right, know? yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, they're going to get a lot of those. They got a pound to tackle a take. So they take all my big O's. I had like five or six big O's. I had three or four. So they got, O's. wait, hold on. Sorry, sorry, Hank. So they got to choose what tackle got taken away. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That's dirty, bud. Yeah. Okay, so well, now the end, at the end, I had a, a pack of, uh, of, uh, Motor oil metaflake jelly worms in a little <laughs> plastic bag, and they took those. So they ended up taking about 10 and a half, I mean, about a pound and a half. So they said, well, well we've took too much. I said, you've took too much, guys. Y'all are, I'm five ounces short now. And they said, yeah. well, here, we'll give you this. I said, no, no. Y'all chose what you took away from me. I should be able to choose what I take back. Damn well, straight. Black of worms that I won the classic on. Is that right? Yeah, I did. Oh my gosh! And that was the the uh, the flake jelly worm, the motor oil. That's right. Yeah, oh, they took them. Ray took them, and they were gone. <laughs> but I got to choose back, and I picked my worms back that I won the classic on. Talk about manifest destiny! Wow. Holy Pretty crazy, wasn't it? <laughs> holy, that's insane. That's a Bass Classic story and a half right there, bud. Yeah, it was pretty wild, really. <laughs> hey, I, I, I got to ask you, too. So five combos. All right, we knew you had jelly worms and big O's and, and I'm sure some hooks and some true turn hooks and some sinkers or whatever you had in there. But well, spinner bugs. Spinner and, bugs, uh, yeah, yeah, dang straight. Some buzzing baits, all that good stuff. But uh -huh. what were the five five pistol grips? Like, you didn't have much of a selection of action then, right? I had, uh, I had three pistol grips, one spinning rod, and one flipping stick. One flipping stick in 1979. What was the flipping stick? What, the original Fenwick? No, I wish it was. I couldn't, you couldn't get them. They, they, they were hard to come by. So I had an old Skyline oh, was the name of it. Yes, I remember Skylines. In fact, those might have been the original graphite rod. Yeah, I broke, the, I broke my flipping stick. Everybody broke Skylines. I remember. Yeah, I broke mine the first day of the Bassmaster Classic. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they were a little brittle. They were orange wrap. I remember. The That's old, exactly right. Yeah, Black yeah, and orange. I and say, I broke it. And I borrowed a flipping stick, a Fenwick flipping stick from Gary Klein. Is that right? Yep. You're allowed to get a rod and reel only from a contestant. I couldn't go to a sporting goods store and buy one, or I couldn't have anybody bring me one. You could only get a rod replaced from another contestant. And Gary probably had five flipping sticks, and that's all he, he had. He had five rods, and they were all flipping Yeah, sticks. so he's like, go ahead, Hank. I can get away yeah. with four. But, but that, that was pretty cool that he loaned me his flipping stick. Absolutely. And you, we, so did you when you won on the plastic worm, what was the what was the pattern in 79? Were you flipping it or casting it? I was throwing a spinnerbait, and I saw Forrest, and Forrest was coming out. I was in Big Mineral Creek, and Forrest was coming out of Big Mineral. And I said, you do any good, Forrest? He said, I've caught two, Hank. And uh, I said, well, don't let me get in your water. He said, no, we're leaving. You take this. You, you take it. He said, uh, caught them flipping. And so I, uh, I went all the way in that creek fishing a spinnerbait, and I 
fished it what I felt like was really good. Man, all the brush, I was hitting all the spots and I was casting good and I didn't have any pressure and my mind was clear. And I fished it as hard as I knew how to fish it and I never got a bite. I didn't get a swirl. I didn't get a follow-up. And so when I turned around to fish my way out, I started flipping it. And the first deep brush pile I came to where my boat was sitting in 10 foot of water and I flipped in the brush, I caught about a three pounder out of the first tree. Nice. And all throughout that whole tournament, your boat needed to be in 10 foot of water. That creek had a lot of little bends and cuts and sometimes the inside uh, uh, of the creek would be shallow and the outside bend would be deep. That's where you needed to be. You needed to be in that deep. So I kept watching. I had a little hummingbird uh, Super 30 on the front, you know, with the yeah, line. Sure, the yeah, yeah. And when it was 10 foot deep and I had a brush pile, I knew I was going to catch fish. And you had to really talk them into biting it. It wasn't like you pitched it in there and let it sink down and they got it. It was one of those deals where you flip it in there and you pull it and you, you pull it and you get it over this limb and you drop it straight back down and you pull it and boom. And they snatch it. Into biting it. So, so let me get it straight just so I have the visual correct. So you got a Fenwick flip stick. I'm imagining you have like an Ambassador 5,000, 5,500. Right, you got it. Something got like it. that. 4,500, actually. 40, oh, you got, yeah, you you got a little fancy because the 45 oh, yeah, come out. Yeah, we got I, thumb bars, man. I hey, see I see what on. you're doing. I see what you're doing. Come and on. then what was the string? What was the string you were throwing? Oh, on? it was trilene. You know, everybody in the classic fished uh, strand. Yes. But I had trilene, and I had signed a deal uh, with trilene uh, in – in 78 when I fished the classic and I was one of three fishermen fishing with trilene. There were four in the 79 classic. There were four, uh, trilene fishermen and they finished one, two, three, four. There you go. <laughs> Look at you. Look at yeah. you. Look at you. And what was it? 20 pound? Were you slinging the 20 pound trilene? I was. I was flipping uh 20 pound XT trilene. That's right. Was it the, was it the blue or, or did you get, get was yep, it? Yep. High vis blue. High I was watching it. High you watching all that. Watching Come all on. that go down. 79 <laughs> classic. Amazing. And then let's move on a little bit. 1989, you went and swiped the classic away from not only Jim Bitter, but Wu Daves, too. Yeah, Wu Wall thought he was going to win that. But, you know, Pat, I get a lot of, uh, I got a lot of credit for catching the biggest string of fish the last day of that tournament. That was not the smartest thing I did. The smartest thing I did was I got up about 3 a.m., flipped to the boatyard and put graphite oil on Jim Bitter's measuring stick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was the smartest thing. Oh, my goodness. Uh, he fumble-fingered McGee, you know? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, dude. That graphite will get you, boys. I hate it, man. It's slick. Uh, but, man, I'll tell you what. I mean, it, what's meant to be is meant to be. And your second classic victory, I mean, that weigh-in, you know, when, when, when Ray Scott's calling – Calling for the A-team. Come on, A-team. And he's like, yeah. Hank can do it. I think Hank did it. Hank did it. And let like, me, Let me tell you the story behind that whole put them on the scales do it. Yes, please. I wanted to be the first guy to ever win the Grand Slam. I didn't first 
first of all, I didn't know what the Grand Slam was. Clon and, and Roland were at the Potomac River arguing like two little schoolboys on who's the greatest bass fisherman. They and were. Ray said, I'm going to tell you who's going to go down in history is the guy that wins the Grand Slam. Well, I didn't even know what a Grand Slam. I said, Ray, what is a Grand Slam? He said, that'd be somebody that won all of our events. That'd be a qualifying tournament. That'd be a super tournament. That'd be Bassmaster Classic. That'd be Bass Angler of the Year. Nobody's ever done that. Okay. Well, I'd won three of them, but I never won the super tournament. So that particular year, the super tournament was down at Lake Lanier in Georgia. And Klein, Gary Klein, jumped out with a big lead. Well, the last day of the four-day event, the last day I came in with the biggest string of the tournament. Ray Scott said, Hank Parker, Denver, North Carolina, biggest string of the tournament, hold them up. Hold them up. So we held those fish up. I held up two. Dewey Kendrick, the Waymaster, held up two. Ray held up two. We walked up and down the stage and a big bag of fish, put them back in there and weighed them. Well, when Gary came in, uh, I had taken the lead by 11 pounds. And uh, 11 pounds and, and uh, uh, nine ounces. Okay. So when Gary came in, he said, all right, Gary, you got to have 11.10 to win, 11.9 to tie. Put them on the scale. They didn't hold up any fish. They didn't do anything. He put them on the scale. He beat me one ounce. He ended up with like oh. 59 pounds, 10 ounces. I had 59 pounds, nine ounces. <laughs> so then here we go to the Bassmaster Classic. Last day, biggest string of the fish, biggest string of the tournament. Bring them in. Ray says, hold them up. I said, nope, I ain't holding them up. Put them on the scale. <laughs> he said, no, no. He put his mic down, got in my ear. He said, look here, Hank. This is going to be a lot more dramatic if you'll hold those fish up. I said, Ray, it's plenty of drama for me the way it is. Put them <laughs> on the scales. And he didn't want to do it. Finally, he said, all right, do it. Put them on the scales. You're a I won by two ounces. Had I held them fish up and walked up and down that stage like I did at Super Bass, I wouldn't have won that tournament. No, that So I learned the first time, don't hold your fish up. Put them on the scales. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the Derber tip of the week right there if you're a bass derb guy take hank parker's advice get him on the scale right away even if ray scott was telling you weigh the fish put them on the scale do we take the money and run that's right (laughs) i would have won super bass if i would nail them fish up but you did end up winning super bass i did the very next year and i won it you know i won it by like 17 pounds the next year. I caught, a, I caught a giant bag that last day. I had a good insurance pump. I had a 912 the last day. That's a good so one. That's I, I a had good a one. good insurance pump. <laughs> hey, so Hank, let's clarify for people that might not know that there used to be multiple BASS sanctioned type events. Not uh, So there was like opens or invitationals, right? Um, there was, of course, uh, top 100s, but you talked about the super the superstar bass tournament. When I fished tournaments my whole career, there were six qualifying tournaments, and then there was a super bass, and it was Bassmaster Classic. Later on, a lot of things came, but I had a very short career. I didn't fish. Actually, Pat, my two best years was 76 and 77 in national bass and American bass. Yeah, yeah. I was the year twice. <laughs> I won four tournaments. I won three national tournaments back to back. Uh, I had great years before I ever started fishing bass. I didn't start fishing bass until 1978. Right. I'd already had my best years. My best years uh, was 76, 77. 
so when I got into bass, my outboard, I had a Mercury 175 horsepower Black Max on a Ranger. Nice. And it was not allowed in bass. 150 was your limit. Right. So I wasn't allowed to fish because my boat wouldn't qualify. And so it, when I won Angler of the Year uh, for National Bass, I got a new boat. And that's when I was eligible to fish bass. So I didn't start fishing bass until 1978 was my first year in bass. And I fished bass. I fished 13th Classics. I fished bass for 13 years. So my whole career wasn't but 16 years long, my entire career. And I won five tournaments on the bass side and seven tournaments outside of bass. So I ended up uh, I ended up winning 12 uh, tournaments, but I won seven of them my first three years fishing national bass, American bass, and there was also uh, I, I won one United bass uh, tournament. But American bass was pretty big, and then national bass bought American bass uh, in '79. I won Okeechobee. I won American bass, national bass at Okeechobee. Uh, in 79. So I still fished BASS and National Bass until National Bass went out of business in 1980. Well, you were one of those two tour guys. Yeah. yeah. I used to do three. You know, no wonder you're so they, dangerous. They they merged. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you were so dangerous there when you went full on the elites or on the uh, Bass Masters. Yikes. Yeah, that, that's nuts. The, the Super Bass Tournament was a cool thing. Hey, what was that one tournament you guys used to fish? I know you had them, like, on the Illinois River. Um, yeah, that was called Superstars. That was Superstars. And they took the current year winner. Okay. If you won a tournament, let's say, I think they were, like, 2000, maybe 2002, three, and four, somewhere that way. Uh and they'd take your current winners, whoever won the tournament the year before, and then they took all the Bassmaster Classic champions from the past, and they took all the Angler of the Years from, from the past. So if you'd ever won Angler of the Year, you ever won the Bassmaster Classic of the Year, the current, uh, current tournament champion. That's so awesome. it was a neat deal. That's awesome. And I came within one ounce of winning that. Benny <laughs> Breyer beat me one stinking ounce. That's right. Brower won that. I uh and then OT Fear the next year I had it won. I mean, I, I was already I knew I had it won. And OT Fears came back and was waiting to get through the locks and pitching a jig or a worm up against the pylons at the lock and caught a Seven pound bass in the Illinois River is like catching an eighteen pound bass. Exactly. In the head That's with. like what the heck? That shouldn't yeah, happen. Biggest bass they'd ever seen in their life, and he ended up beating me fifteen ounces. Unreal. I finished second two years in a row. Oh my goodness! So I never, I haven't won everything I fished. I did not win that event. I missed it. Hank, why doesn't bass have those events anymore? The reason they stopped having the superstar is kind of like the Masters uh, Seniors Golf Tournament. When they, when they had Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus and Gary Player and all the, the famous golfers, 
the seniors became bigger than than the current year. So they had to kind of throttle that back because everybody would go to the seniors. If they would have kept having the superstar tournament, there would have been more people attending it than the Bassmaster Classic. And they saw that they were infringing on their own big Super Bowl by doing what they were doing. So they, they decided we better not do this. It's not going to be good for the sport. Very so they, interesting. They backed off because, you know, a lot of people want to see Bill Dance fish, Bobby Murray fish. Uh, damn straight. Hank Parker. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, come on. Imagine that derp. All the AOYs, all the BMCs. Like, that's insane. Come on. Every, we got to have one like maybe every four years. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I mean, unreal. I know you're still competitive as, as can be. I heard about you at that Berkeley event there at uh, Bienville or whatever. Yeah, you're, yeah I heard Those about guys that. picked them. Hey, that wasn't fair. Yeah. But it's okay. <laughs> hey, it'll all come back around. It'll come back around one day. <laughs> hey, at uh, at 37. You'd won. You, you, you did. You did Ray Scott's Grand Slam, and you said, "Bye bye, bye bye tournaments." I'm 37 years old. I had enough of this. I got a cool mustache and a TV show. I'm out of here. <laughs> you know the reason, Pat. I did that is uh, I have I have five children, all girls, but four, and uh, <laughs> my boys needed their dad. And they wanted to race go-karts and they wanted to go hunting and they wanted to do a lot of things. And I'm in the peak of my career and I'm living my dream and I'm leaving my kids without their dad. And it started eating on me really bad that whole year. And I knew if, if I ever got myself in a position that I could make it financially uh, just off my television show, I was going to retire from fishing and go home and spend time with my boys. And I did that, and I have no regrets. People say, man, you you were just starting, man. You wasn't, but really, when I decided to quit, I was 36 years old. When I won the Classic in 89, I wanted to retire right then, and Ray wouldn't let me. He made me fish four more tournaments uh, the next year. Uh, but I really retired in 89 after the Classic. But I went home to, to, to be with my boys, and I do not regret it. Uh, we had some great times together. We raced go-karts. We ended up in NASCAR as a result of, uh, of their go-kart racing. But it was <laughs> that, it, was all it all started with go-karts. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Hey, wait, back up one second. You, so you said you actually retired in, in 89. So did you, you, you kind of checked out then? What are you saying? I tried to announce it on the stage and Ray grabbed me and said, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And so after I got out, I told Ray, I said, I'm not going to fish next year. He said, no, you don't want to do that. Just come back. You've already qualified for the classic and we've not had anybody, uh, ever do this before, but he was wrong. Bobby Murray did that. See, a lot of people don't realize that. Bobby Murray won the very first classic, and then he won the he won the 78 classic, and Bobby retired when he won the 78 classic. Oh, wow. And a lot of people don't know Bobby Murray had one of the greatest professional careers, and he's one of the greatest fishermen uh, outside of Kevin Van Dam that I know. 
And he retired right after he won. But Ray did not want me to do that. He said, come back and fish next year. Well, I only fished four tournaments the next year, and it was miserable because I wasn't fishing for angle of the year. And all my buddies, every time they'd seen me in a creek or someplace, they'd say, man, you already got the classic made. Let me have this. You know, it just (laughs) was not a competitive year. It wasn't fun. Okay. I I get it. I get it. And that's a big decision. But but what a blessing Uh, on on hindsight, Hank, that basically you had achieved what most anglers dream of achieving and you're able to let that go and, and not have regrets. People might say, oh, you still had more to do. But you know what? Like, as long as you were happy with your accomplishments, man, there's not much more you could have done, you know? Yeah, I couldn't have retired. Had it not been for my kids and the motivation that I had to go home and be with them and try to uh, to to spend time, I wouldn't have been able to. Man, the first couple of years, you know, I went to every classic. I've been to every classic since 1978. Uh, it, it drove me crazy the first couple of years. I really had a hard time. But it was knowing why I retired that kept me uh from going crazy. I mean, you know, I knew why and it was more important. So that's, I'd have went nuts otherwise. I mean, in, in 36, 37, whatever you were, 35, when you retired, um, man, that's still, that's still young. There's plenty of stuff to do still with the kids and, and develop Hank Parker. You know what I mean? Develop the brand Hank Parker. And you did an amazing job at, well, it's, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, you were really smart to do this. You were really smart to do that. You you did a good job here. I really didn't do much of anything. I, I love to fish. I love people. I had a wonderful producer in television who was a great guy, Bill Anders, who passed away last year. I miss him so much. It's unbelievable. He was a brilliant television producer. And I just have fun. I My whole life, I... I'm still, I'm going fishing in the morning and I'm giddy. I'm so excited <laughs> about going fishing in the morning, just like I was when I was a kid. And I've never lost that. I appreciate the outdoors and God has blessed my life beyond anything I could have ever imagined. And I really haven't orchestrated much of anything on my own, just loving life and loving people. That's kind of what I am and what I do. I love it, Hank. And and if I may say so, I, I live that way myself. You know, and I think <laughs> I think uh I think everybody should. You know what I mean? It's it's kinda like if you could live by by Hank Parker's golden rule <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and be happy with, with yourself, it 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 exudes happiness everywhere. You know what I mean? I do. There's so many people that live their life. And they trade, you know, life's a trade-off and uh, we're going to give you this much money for this much time and you get suckered into it. And all of a sudden, one day you're about 70 years old and you realize you really hadn't caught that many fish because you spent a lot of time on the road and going back and forth to the office or whatever your job is. And you got a lot of money, but you don't have a whole lot of days banked up uh, in the memory bank on the water. So you missed out. You know, I got a buddy of mine that turkey hunts and they was talking about how much money Bill Gates had made. And he stopped and he said, wait a minute, can Bill Gates yelp? 
that's right <laughs> i mean ha- happiness man that's uh, that that's the deal and you're a great example of that i mean mm-hmm. let's let's be honest all you legends you know you jimmy of course bill roland you're all happy like i just saw roland a couple weeks ago and he was all teeth he was just smiling through his teeth or, or talk hey 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 you know what i mean yeah that's that that's rolling man he's He's 84 or 85. Yeah. Fishing pretty much every day. Every day. He's, yeah. he's he's amazing. Look what you have to look forward to, Hank Parker. Yeah, I'm, hey, he's my hero. He and Bill both. Bill, Bill fishes on his days off. I, know. I mean, he's been doing this for a long time. It's it's freaking amazing. And and I I mean I know you're ate up with it too. Uh, like for example, you said, "Oh, you couldn't stand be not being at the at the Bassmaster Classic, so that's why you and Berkeley invented the uh, the cast for cash. You're like, <laughs> I need to go to the Classic. Which, by the way, Hank, we got to take this moment to let everybody know that you have to like and share this live Facebook feed if you haven't already, and put in Zoom Hank, and you're gonna get a chance to zoom in with Hank Parker and myself, and to get a chance to win a mega prize pack, cast for prize pack with Hank Parker today. Right here Ooh, on the Straight good. Cast Show. Like and share it. Have Zoom installed. Zoom Hank comment. Boom. I think I covered it. Hey, um, you were let's let's get to know Hank Parker a little bit. Let's let's sit down. You may have eaten. Let's sit down down and have some dinner somewhere. If you were hungry, where would you want to go for dinner right now? What type of restaurant would you want? Well, to go I'll probably to? go over to Sonny's barbecue. Ooh, a little barbecue joint. Yeah. yeah, I get a little smoked chicken, about yeah. a half chicken. I'm, I'm, I want a lot of chicken, you know. All right. Well, the, uh, this one's called uh, Phony's Barbecue. So welcome to Phony's Barbecue, because we can't say oh. you can't say the other one because we get sued. So, oh, we don't want to get sued. Yeah, we can't. Sued do. is not fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they might make you go to court instead of going fishing. Who in, in the world in their right mind would want to go to court? Instead of going fishing. No, nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. So let's don't get sued. We're going to stay away from that. And you're on social media. Here's the key to getting out of jury duty, Hank Parker. You just make an extremely outrageous post that makes you look really crazy. And then if you ever get called for jury duty, you just say, no, nah, this guy's not fit. Look at this post. Like, well, hey, you get- I just found out the other day you don't have to go to jury duty if you're past 65 years old. Oh, well, heck, what the heck? You're good anyway. Yeah, I got a free pass. I got out of jail free. So. <laughs> but let me, hey, I want to touch on that. Yeah, yeah, go. I go, and I told my wife, I'm going to be at the classic instead of going to jury duty. So I said, let me get out of it this time, but don't take my name off the list. I want to go. What happens is too many good law-abiding citizens don't go, and they don't serve on jury duty and we need some people that are conservative with a level head that have a civic mind to do what's right by their neighbor to serve so when you get called to jury duty i always like to go i've been every time in the last six or seven times i've been called i don't want to miss the classic so i said well if i can get out of it because i'm 65 let me get out of it this time but don't take my name off the list nice i i go too I go when I'm called to. I like that. So, but I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I was basically going to get out of work when I had a real job. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> I never had but one real job. I don't want another. You know, people ask me all the time, Pat. Power everywhere right. I go, 
out of all the things I've learned, all the tips and all the people I've fished with, if I could give one tip, just one, that would make them a better fisherman, what would it be? And it's without a doubt, get rid of that job. That job <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. But no, but you're you're right. I mean, if you really want to be in fishing, and I mean be in fishing, you have to be all in fishing. There's no come all in. I like that Dabo Swinney. We're all in. Yeah, yeah, that's right, bud. That, that's exactly right. Let's talk about Hank Parker, the tournament angler, the Derby <laughs> fisherman. Because the you, derby. yeah, you're the a fierce, yeah, you're a fierce derber, man. Like you had a reputation, bud. I, I mean, let's not. You're all smiles and giggles and fun stew and giggles dumplings, but I mean, you were an intimidator uh, on the water, and you you damn well know it. So let's talk about this a little bit. Um, well, some things get you riled up, and excited, and you just get the adrenaline running, and it's just you know. Football, bull riding, gun slinging, all that gets you adrenaline up. So you get all pumped up and excited. You need to just calm down. But a tournament morning is a lot like a man that's getting stung by a nest of wasp. You just can't be still and you just got so much. You're trying to get away and you don't want them stinging you under your arm. And you just get a lot of adrenaline going there. And sometimes you overreact. Okay. And so I had a few of those moments. I regret them, but, you know, you just get so fired up. And I was young, and, you know, you tie some wrongs up here through the roof, and you just, your adrenaline's going, and you just make decisions sometimes and scare people when you go in your little motorboat jumping logs and knocking trees down and that kind of <laughs> stuff. Give me an example of, of <laughs> Hank Parker intimidating. As far as I know, I am the only man that total lost two bass boats in one single tournament. <laughs> How in the hell did you do that? Well, it wasn't easy. I uh, <laughs> I had a bunch of fish located. Roland Martin and I, this was an American bass tournament. We were fighting it out for Angler of the Year. And uh, I was leading it and Roland was second. And it was, the tournament was on Santee Cooper. And I had a bunch of fish way back in a swamp area that you couldn't get in, uh, in a glass boat. So I got a polar craft aluminum boat with a 50 horsepower, no, with an 85 horsepower mercury outboard. Wow. And, uh, the first day, uh, I went underneath this log. I took all the seats out and we pulled the drain plug. We got the boat <laughs> half full of water. We got under the log, put the plug back in, pumped the water out and fish. And I caught 36 pounds. Uh, and was in second place. Roland led it. Roland yeah. caught 39 pounds. Well, he lived there. Well, but I fished there quite a bit. So the second day of that tournament, the water came up about a foot and a half. You couldn't get under that log, and it was about, about oh, maybe three and a half feet out of the water. Uh-oh. So my partner said, what are we going to do? I said, we're going to jump it. <laughs> he said, you can't jump that. I said, oh, yeah, I can jump it. So I got back and got me a run and start. And I timed it just about where I was going to hit it. When I let up on the gas and the bow comes up, I was going to hit the log and then I was going to shoot the gas to it, like putting it on the trailer and I was going to jump it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just as I got to it, just about the time I want the bow to come up, I hit a stump, oh. which knocked my motor up and I hit that tree 
and the whole seams of that boat burst and we were sunk in about four seconds. We were sunk. Oh, I Lord. mean, we're in water up to here. All of our tackles floating up. So it was kind of a bad deal, but I beat the sides back in and we got the water out and I was able to catch a limit, a little bitty fish. I tied the boat under a bridge. I tied the boat up where it wouldn't sink under a bridge and I caught a, a limit of maybe 12 pounds. And uh, I got a ride in with a guy named Bill Noah. I got a ride back into the weigh-in. I think it was with Bill. It might have been with Guy Aker. Okay. I got a ride back. might have been Joe Avens. I got a ride back with somebody. <laughs> and weighed my fish in. And Roland came in, and he had a bag. You wouldn't believe his bag burst on the dock. Oh, and no. an eight-pounder fell back in the lake. Oh, Lord. And he still had 35 pounds. <laughs> So this is this is a better story. So the <laughs> next day, I'm trying to go back to where I caught the fish under the bridge, and a buddy of mine said, "You'll never get that spot. You 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 can forget that. Somebody saw you catch those fish yesterday, and they're in the first flight." Well, it was on Santee Cooper, so I thought, "Well, I know a shortcut. I can cut through Jack's Creek." Well, when I cut through Jack Creek, there was one little cut there. And when I went to turn, I had grass on my prop and it didn't turn. And I climbed a cypress tree and my boat went in between the cypress trees. <laughs> and you couldn't get my boat out. I mean, it, it just up through to the cypress trees. And of course, when I hit the tree and started up, it put my motor down. So it knocked my lower unit off my motor. And uh, so I'm up in the tree about 15 feet high. They finally had to cut a tree down to get the boat out. Now we know why your kids got into NASCAR, not because of gold Well, that's kind of where I got the wild reputation. (laughs) But let me finish this story. This is good. We go then, Roland takes the lead for Angler Year. Okay. So I'm second. The last tournament is on Lake Wiley, which is my home lake. And uh, the first day of the tournament, I catch a giant bag and I'm leading the tournament by a pretty good margin, but Roland is second. So he's got to finish fourth for me to tie him fifth for me to win angle of the year. So the second day I catch another big bag and Roland don't do as well. Roland falls to about ninth. So now I'm fixing to win angler year for, for national bass. The last day of the tournament, I saw Jim Roberts, another tournament fisherman, and uh, he had just fished the area where Roland's at. And I said, Jim, do you see Roland? He said, he ain't got but two. Ooh. I said, yo, man, I got, he said, how you doing? I said, I got about 24 pounds. He said, well, you're going to, I mean, you already got an 18 pound lead. So, I mean, I, I, I know I got it one. So I go back to the weight. And, and rolling where you turn your flag in there was at a bridge. It was a bridge where Aaron Martins called all his fish in the Bassmaster Classic almost one Buster Boyd Bridge on Lake Wiley. Yeah, yeah. The, the boat's there, the pontoon boat where you turn your flag in. So Roland pulls up and he says, How much time? They said, You got about two minutes. And he throws a big DB3 crankbait out there, catches a six pounder, oh, throws it over in the boat, turns his flag in. And finishes fourth and beat me angle of the year by one point. Unreal. 
<laughs> Is that not crazy? <laughs> that Roland Martin. <laughs> what the heck? I told everybody when I met Roland Martin and Larry Nixon, if I'd have killed Nixon and I'd have killed Roland, <laughs> I ain't gonna kill how many Germans out of one. <laughs> You are brutal. You are yeah. a brutal derber. I just shoot them. If I'd have shot them right off the bat, man, I'd have won 12 or 13 tournaments. I finished second to Roland, I know, four times. And I finished second to Larry in Angler of the Year twice and uh, in two other tournaments. So uh, I should have just shot them. Yeah, they like Khmer deer, too. All you got to do yeah. is put a little Khmer deer out, and those guys come That'd running. Work. Yeah, come right. Come here, Larry. Come here, Roland. <laughs> and I, I say that people think I'm serious. I love both those guys. Larry Nixon was uh, was and still is today a guy I look up to so much. Larry Nixon is one of the greatest fishermen. Of course, Roland. You know, look at Roland, nine-time bass angler of the year. You can't say much about Roland that you know everybody appreciates his ability. But Nixon, Nixon was a guy. He and Bobby Murray, the guys, the two guys I respected more than anybody as tournament anglers. Yeah, and 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 Nixon's amazing. He comes on the he show. He comes on the show sometimes, but I have to talk him out of Wednesday poker night when Larry comes. Oh, no. You know how that goes. You know how oh, that goes. No. Hey, so I gotta back up a minute, and you mentioned something earlier um, about Roland and Rick Clun actually <laughs> arguing in the parking lot who was a better fisherman. That's a real thing. Roland and Plun argued for years over what's the biggest title, Bassmaster Classic winner or Angler of the Year. Okay. And that was always an argument. And, of course, Clun always, in my opinion, won the argument because all the prestige and money goes with the Classic. But as far as anglers respecting one another, Angler of the Year got the most respect. Gotcha. Okay. So did they? So they would argue back and forth. It was all in fun. Oh, of course it was, but they would actually go back and forth like a like wrestlers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'd love to have tapes of that. Oh yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Gleeby, uh, Dave Gleeby yeah. and Clump. Well, they argued a lot. Gleeby made a lot of claims that he couldn't document, and Rick was always calling him out on it. <laughs> he didn't like that. <laughs> I, I can see that. Hey, when you were a tournament fisherman, were you a creative visualizer? Did you think about your wins, Hank, or did you think about patterns or areas? or Did you visualize things? Well, I always wanted to win. Every tournament I went to, I never – went to a tournament thinking this is not my style of fishing. I don't like this time of year. So I'm going to just try to find enough fish to make a check. I never, ever did that. Not one time in my life. Every tournament I ever went to, I, I practiced to win the tournament. Now, when I didn't find enough fish to be real competitive, I didn't quit looking during the tournament. I would do everything I could to continue practice during the tournament where a lot of guys will lock on. They say, well, I don't have much going, but this is all I got. And this is what I'm going to do. I would throw that away because it ain't going to do me any good. I'm not going to win this tournament going up there, throwing a Carolina rig French fry in a cut. I might catch nine pounds, but that ain't what I came here to. I came here to win. So I hadn't found enough fish to win. So I'm going to keep looking. So I I would I would abandon what little bit of something that I had that may get me a check 
to try to find that load of fish that would allow me to win the tournament. So every tournament I ever fished, I tried to win from start to finish. And I never did really give up. And I think that's why I had a lot of tournaments. I came from way far behind and won on the last day. And I think a lot of that was I just found the fish the the afternoon of the second day of competition. And I caught them big time the last day. I mean, you, you found the fish and you all, and you seem to find what they were doing. And a lot of people just to clarify, there's two different types of Durbers. There's ones that fish for, for points and checks. And there's ones that fish to win. And you're saying your mentality was every time fish to win. Yeah. All the time. I, I talked with Gary Klein, Gary and I were, were together, uh, a couple of days ago and I told Gary I don't think I would be a good major league fisherman I would have had I started and I say that I don't know how good I'd have been but if when I started my career I was perfect for major league fishing because I love to catch them and I like to catch a mother load and I, I, <laughs> I chased them boy and I, I worked at it but as I got more mature in the sport then I realized we went from an eight bass to a seven bass and then down to a five bass. I realized that I don't need but seven bites and culling 14 inch fish is not going to do me a lot of good. No, it's so it, it, I'm not going to try to get out there and take that lipless crankbait on that point and catch me a limit and then spend all day culling them out. I'm going to go in the back of that bay and get on them cypress knees and roll that bug down through there. <laughs> and I'm going to get me seven bites. That's right. And my seven bites are going to weigh about 30 pounds. <laughs> that was my mentality. I like so it. now, and I look at Hackney, uh, I look at some of these guys that have gone back to bass from major league fishing. They've spent their whole career tuning in on getting bigger bites they leave bass and go fish major league fishing. And now they've got to rearrange their whole mental concept on how to strategically approach this particular tournament and numbers matter all of a sudden where they didn't matter before five bites that weigh 25 pounds was the ultimate. Now five bites that weigh 25 pounds on major league fishing may be good, but probably not going to be good. Not good enough. Yeah. So you got to rethink the way you do things. And I told Gary, Gary said, no, you'd be good at it. You'd be really good at it. I promise you, you'd be good at it. I don't really think I would. Uh, nah, you're Hank Parker. Y'all, you know how to well, do it. It'd be hard. It'd be hard. And and I, 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 I sympathize with Gerald Swindell, Hackney, and some of the other guys that have gone back because – it just didn't fit, you know? I worried about Brian Thrift. Brian Thrift is so good at catching really good quality fish, but he's so good at catching fish, period. Brian Thrift is amazing. He's a kind of amazing guy. Yeah. He, he, he just, he's adapted. I worried about him when he switched over, but I ain't worried about him anymore. <laughs> I mean, and and it's like it's even harder too because a lot of those guys are fishing what uh, the the tackle warehouse pro circuit and Bass Pro Tour, so they got to do five fish and they got to do multiple fish. So 
Yeah. So that's crazy. I, that, I don't even know how to keep score anymore. <laughs> I don't. I don't either. All I know is Hank Parker's good at catching bigs, and you're <laughs> and you're a proper bassing man. That's for sure. Well, you I had a great career, and I enjoyed it when I did, and I love what I do now. So I'm glad I can watch those guys on Major League Fishing sweating it out. <laughs> you're a fan of the sport. I don't have to sweat it out. You're a fan of the sport. I could tell. I could tell. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. you're I a love joke. Uh, they're a joker. I think it's hilarious, but it's not me. <laughs> I could tell you're a joker too. You like playing. You like playing jokes. I could tell. <laughs> I, I, I could it's tell. all about fun, you know. Yeah, I, I, I could tell. I heard one time. I can't remember if you told us on the. You got to. You got to refresh my memory. I think you told us at the Forest Wood Cup something you did to Paul Elias. Didn't oh, Paul, and he won the classic and. I guess it was 1982 uh, on the Alabama River. Paul going in the last day, he's so superstitious. Man, yeah. if he had grew 13, boat 13, he'd have probably cut his wrist. <laughs> but uh, we had breakfast that morning, and he was telling me all this superstitious stuff. Oh, somebody said this. Don't say 13. Don't do this. I mean, he'd go. So I took his hat and wrote 13 in, the, in his hat. I took it off <laughs> and wrote 13 put it back. He uh, never knew it. Oh After God. the classic was over, I showed it to him. He said, if I'd lost this classic, I'd have found out I'd have come and killed you. <laughs> <laughs> he won the classic and you were trying to, you were, you were like, literally. yeah, he wore 13 all day. We ate breakfast that morning at five o'clock and I wrote 13 in his hat at 10 after five. So he fished all day with the number 13 over his right ear. You're something <laughs> else. Oh my gosh. Imagine if you'd have messed with that guy's head and he'd have saw that and not, not won the classic. Oh, I didn't want him to know I put it in there, but <laughs> I'm just wanting to prove to him all that superstition is a bunch of bunk. <laughs> hey, you, you were, you were fierce on the water. Uh, there's, there's no, no doubt about it. When you were a tournament competitor, you were fierce, but what a lot of people might not realize, you kind of had like a, like an intense calmness to you as well i don't know if that makes any sense but i think on hindsight looking back as a bass fishing fan that a lot of that may have been your faith hank parker like because you were always fishing with faith in the forefront you know what i mean yeah i believe that i do my intensity would like to, if a guy pulled in front of me, and I know he pulled in front of me because he knows I'm leading the tournament or I'm way up there, and he pulled in front of me, and he's eyeing me, what I'd really like to do is shoot a missile in his boat. <laughs> but what I know is not right is to say anything. So I would just fish and shut my mouth. But I didn't like that. I was so amazed. I drew Denny Bryan. It was a bad deal because I was leading Angler of the Year and Denny was leading the tournament. And I drew him the last day at Truman. He's leading the tournament. And I'm leading Angler of the Year. And it was just a bad situation. But anyway, I drew Denny. And with him leading the tournament, you know, you got to stop and say, you know, forget Angler of the Year. That's not his fault that he drew me. And it's not my fault that I drew him. But I owe him because he's leading this tournament. I owe him the respect and the opportunity to win the tournament. And I don't need to interfere with him. 
So I rode with Denny. I kept my mouth shut and I let him basically take first shot at everything. And he, he's really good at that. And, uh, <laughs> he didn't leave a whole lot. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Uh, but I was amazed at Denny. I learned something that, that he had about four guys that was following him, watching him and cutting him off. Wow. And he zoned them out. I can't do that. He finally did have words with one guy. Oh, I can imagine. Words. But he, he zoomed them out, man. He just like they did not exist. And I asked him one time, I said, Danny, is this not driving you crazy? He said, I try not to think about it. He kept on flipping. But one guy did really get on his nerves, and he finally unloaded on him. And the guy deserved it. But uh, coming. all day long, he kept them where he didn't – I, I was not able to do that. I admired that so much. I thought, boy, I got to be more like that. That that was amazing how he did that. Wow. And of all people, the warden, Denny Brower, who's one of the biggest hotheads and intimidators, you, Hank Parker, are looking at him as a role model for calmness. That makes zero sense to me. Well, he just was able to handle that situation. And I was just really amazed by that, that he zoomed him out and went on and won the tournament. He won the tournament. Wow. Denny Brower's amazing. He's a friend of Stray Cast. He comes on all the time. And we love Uncle Denny too. You guys are all you guys are all our uncles. You know that, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uncle Denny, he's a good one. Hey, you're but you're you're a man of faith, man. You not about that now. That's the most important thing in my life. You know, all this other stuff that we're talking about a million years is not going to be a big deal. But what you do with Jesus a million years from now is going to be a big deal. Yeah, I, I get it. And I know. And, and again, we're not going to get into the whole thing. But I know you and I share the commonality, Hank, that we we give our life up to the Lord every day. And it makes things a little easier that way, doesn't it? what it's all about all the rest is just rust and dust that's what counts <laughs> <laughs> hey man uh i i mean we would be amiss if we did not talk about hank parker's man's classic spinner bait like what a bait dude Get, tell me tell me like the origin of that bait what's the i mean obviously the well class. if i told y'all i'd have to kill you well but i'm willing but to take a chance well, I'm on. I'm, I don't. I've got a new spinner bait that's coming out. It's a Hank Parker signature bait. Uh oh. And uh, it is uh, it is better than a classic. Gotcha. It's uh, it's really a unique bait. Well, talk to me. But the classic bait was a bait that came about by mistake. I used hog collars. Bill Morgan. Yes, sir. Uh, great guy. Good friend of mine. He's passed on now. I love Bill. But Bill had a company called Hawk Collar, and he made my baits. He made the heads. I always assembled my own baits. I wanted to bend my own wire. I put my own clevis. I put my own blades. I did. I, so I had this big kit that Bill helped me get every blade that's ever been known to man, all the different sizes. I had number twos and number ones and number three Sampo swivels, all these different clevises. And I had different diameter blades where I would use a real heavy blade or a real light blade and elongated blade. And I had some custom blades and Indiana blades and Colorado <laughs> blades and wheel of leaf blades and painted blades and 22 karat gold blades. And I had everything in the world you could have. And so I put my own baits together. 
So I fished a three-quarter ounce spinnerbait. Most people don't do that, but I've always, I learned early on that when you throw that spinnerbait and you run that bait where you want it, that fade is what catches a lot of big fish. And if you've got a three-quarter ounce bait, it fades better than a, than a quarter or a three-quarter or a three-eighths or a half. Explain fade. Is that the drop? Yeah. You let it, you come down there and you keep the blades turning. You never stop it where it dies and the blades quit rotating. You keep the blades turning, but you want that bait to sink from one foot deep to two foot deep and right in that zone, right in that shady spot behind that stump. Yeah. You can do that so much more effectively with a three quarter ounce bait than you can a half ounce. A one ounce bait is too heavy. So the perfect weight is three quarter ounce. So I had Bill Morgan at Hog Caller build me the perfect weight bait. And it might have been just a shade over three-quarter ounce. So that was my bait. And that's what he built me. And so he would give me the frames. And I would take that frame and then I would put whatever blade combinations that I wanted. And so Bill would always pour those baits for me. So I was going to Truman to fish a tournament. And I called Bill, and he played on the seniors tournament PGA. He was a he was a senior golfer. So I called him. I said, "Man, I need some three quarter ounce heads." He said, "I got some guys back at the shop working. I'll call them and have them pour them for you, and uh, you can come pick them up tonight." He was in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Okay. And I was in Lake Norman, an hour and fifteen minutes away. So he had them done. I picked them up. I went on to Truman. Well, when I got to Truman, they were weird looking. Hmm. The little wire coming out of the head wasn't very long. So they wouldn't work. So I called Bill. I said, man, this is a mess. He said, they put your three quarter ounce on a quarter ounce jig. I had quarter ounce baits jigged up. All they did is they poured your big heavy bait on the wrong jig, throw them in the trash, I'll have, I'll overnight you some. Well, I went ahead and put about four or five together. Well, it turned out that was the deal. <laughs> well, that son of a gun didn't roll. Well, I went on, I won that tournament on it. <laughs> then a couple of weeks later, I won, a, 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 I won another tournament on it. But I ended up, I won the Super Bass tournament on it. And I won Truman on it. And then I won the Classic on it. All three of those on that bait that was made on that wrong wire. No so shit. turned out to be what was a mistake turned out to be a good mistake. And that was the three quarter head. And what was the blade configuration? Yeah. On the quarter ounce frame, the wire frame. Yeah. What was the, the blade configuration on that three quarter? A number three Colorado and a number seven, Indiana, seven, Indiana, a nickel Colorado, Hildebrand blade, real thick, heavy blade which is the key to getting the blade to thump. The heavier the material, the thicker, the more it thumps, the more water displacement. Yeah. And uh, same thing with the Indiana blade. And the Indiana blade literally fluctuated with the gold prices because there's 22 karat gold. <laughs> so I had a gold blade on the back and a nickel blade on the front. Um, amazing. And and this was the, the, the three-quarter size. Is that still your go-to? That's still your... Oh, yeah. I throw it every day i threw it today i caught fish i caught a five pounder on it about 30 minutes before i came on air <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing so tell me about like okay so then 
you were throwing this spinner bait on what tackle, and now you're throwing the spinner bait on what tackle? Yeah, I was throwing that. Uh, I was throwing that spinner bait on a, uh, a five and a half foot Berkeley Lightning rod uh, <laughs> with a. Uh, uh, 4,500 Abu push button reel. And today I'm throwing it on a loose custom seven foot, uh, uh, rod with, uh, with, uh, loose. I got 15 different loose reels. I've been trying since I've worked with loose, I've been trying to figure out which reel I like best. And they've got about 30 models. <laughs> I figured it out yet. I, I use them all for crying out uh, loud. Make a Hank Parker one. That'll just solve yeah, south. Yeah. We, but I wouldn't know how to start because I like this one and this one and this one and this one. And, you know, it's kind of like picking out your favorite child. <laughs> you do that. But it's amazing how amazing how tackle has changed for you. I mean, like so comfortable, like throwing a three quarter spinner bait on a five and a half foot rod. That's one hand, bud. I mean, that's roll. That's roll dogging with the wrist. And, and a lot of people don't know that. I, I I did. I went to the Berkeley Summit two years ago or three years ago at uh, at Lake Chateau. Yeah. And Skeet Skeet Reeves was there, and Skeet I had a little pistol grip rod, and he said, "Is that a joke? Or why you got that rod?" I said, "Well, I still use it. How can you use it?" I said, "All right, Skeet, watch it. Skeet's over here by the boat dock." I said, "Now think if I was a co angler." And I was in the back of this boat, and you're flipping this dock right here. I'm dead meat. I can't do nothing. I, I can just throw out the back of the boat. Because I can't take my seven-foot rod and throw it on. I'm only this far from the dock. Yeah. So I said, watch this, Skeet. I take that little piece of grit rod, and I go, shoo, shoo, shoo. <laughs> and I throw that thing two feet, three feet, ten feet up under that dock, and I can fish those piling. Skeet said, you have got to be kidding me. I can't believe that. I never knew that. Let me see that thing. <laughs> he said, how could I get one of these? Yeah. I said, well, Lou's is actually making them again. Is that so right? If you're a co-angler, listen to me now. Okay. If you're a co-angler or a partner and you have to fish out of the back of the boat, if you don't have a pistol grip rod, you ain't even in the big leagues, guys. I'm telling you, wow. that thing will help you. Out of the back of that boat, I fished Santee Cooper, and we got low-hanging cypress trees. Yes, sir. And you might be in a jungle. You cannot overhand. You cannot overhand. You can't hardly sidearm seven feet. But I can take that little five-and-a-half-foot pistol grip rod and, say, choo, choo, and keep it right there in line with my knee, and I'm not going that far outside the boat, and I'm not going that high above the boat. I'm just sitting right there going. Choo, choo, That's choo. amazing. And I can shoot that bait wherever I want it. And I can keep it about that high off the water. And I can shoot it up under those cypress trees. Can you still can can't you still, do that with a seven foot rod? No way. Can you still crack them on a jig? You ever crack them on a jig on a pistol grip anymore? Absolutely. Oh. I don't do that much anymore because I don't hardly ever get stuck in the back of the boat. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Uh, go for <laughs> hey what what's the most exciting lure to hank parker like what is the most exciting lure to you you know that is the one thing and and you got a berkeley hoodie on i got a berkeley hoodie on everybody I think, well you're gonna break i'm gonna berkeley let me just tell you i i don't care what anybody says berkeley has blown the world up 
They, they've got the greatest baits in the world. When they started with Fritz and started going into the dredge series and then they got into Fritz side and then they made the cutter. Then they got with, uh, with Hank Cherry and made the world's greatest absolute suspending jerk bait that there is. In a stunner. Yes, sir. It, it is amazing. All the max scent stuff, the pit boss, Skeet designed the pit balls. The pit boss is one of the greatest flipping baits that's ever been in the history of the world. I mean, they have got the whole gamut. Yesterday, uh, we boated about 90 bass in my boat uh, on, the, on the new Speed Boss. Really? Uh, it, it's just the, the general, they got the sink rate on that general right. Perfect, perfect. They have just worked and worked and worked and made these baits perfect. That Fritz side bait that a lot of people don't know the history of that, David Fritz had a friend in Lexington, North Carolina, used to carve these baits out of balsa wood. And these things were like 75 bucks a piece, if you could get them. And there were so many tournaments won in early spring. It's got a little tight. It's just like the Fritz side bait that Berkeley's got on the market today. But if you bought 10 of them, you would have four that were really, really good. I mean, they ran perfectly true. They had the right wiggle. They, they were the four out of 10. And now these things are like 50 to $75 a piece. Yikes. Well, he made that Fritz side five. It's perfect. It's perfect. It is. I would never believe that that would be possible. I love it. It's a better bait than that balsa bait. It's, it's, in, it's insane. I have, I'm, I, I like to wind a plug, Hank. That's what I do. Yep. And yep. I have never seen a crankbait. I've had some old Bagley's that did magical things. But I've never seen a bait that nine times out of ten does magical things out of the package like a Fritz side does. You know what I'm? If, if you take all the new Berkeley baits in the last, from the Chopo all the way across the board to the to the to the Dredge to the Fritz side to, to the Max Scent, I mean, you just lay them all out on the table. Now, a lot of guys say, "Well, I can't believe Berkeley knocked this guy off. I can't believe Berkeley knocked that guy off. I can't believe." Look, here's the mindset at Berkeley. We don't care who had any kind of a bait in whatever shape. If we can make that bait more effective for our fishermen to catch more fish, that's what we're going to do. We're going to make these baits the very absolute best they could be made. And if we hurt somebody's feelings, I'm sorry. Well, somebody will say, well, they shouldn't. That was our shape. Well, hey, Nick Cream made the first plastic worm in 1952. So should we all not make a plastic worm since Nick's got it? Heck. You know, you Absolutely. can argue about things. Testify, Hank Parker. That's right. That's why we do it. Yeah, come on. We're trying to catch fish here. And if it hurts your feelings that, that this bait looks a lot like your bait, I'm sorry, but it's our bait's better. I'm going to just level with you. Yeah, <laughs> if it wasn't, we wouldn't have made it. Yeah, exactly, and and you know what? We're fortunate, and so is the Bass Galaxy that Berkeley actually uses science. You know, nice. And, and here's the cool part, man. You could go buy these baits for seven ninety nine or six dollars and ninety five cents when I was paying seventy five dollars for seven hundred fifty dollars <laughs> for ten of them, and only four of them would run right. Uh, and you're getting trouble go when you got home. $25 worth and they'll all run perfect. I exactly. Exactly. And speaking of, of a perfect prize pack, it's not too late. Comment 
uh, Zoom Hank or Hank Zoom, whatever we said earlier, and you get a chance to zoom in here in a little bit and uh, possibly win a mega Berkeley prize pack. Hey, remember? Can I win? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can win too, Hank. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, good, yeah that's good. fine. I tell, love to win. Tell uh, tell your producer uh, Jordan the the Viking Ninja that he can win too. Oh, now Jordy's all about winning. Yeah. I only give Jordy the only thing Jordan gets is when I tear the head on a worm on my hook, I'll throw him in the boat and I'll let him have them at the end of the day. <laughs> he takes a cigarette lighter and heats them up and fixes them. Look at you. You're so, you're a good you're a great uh fishing man. Hey, I'll let him have them for free though. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well you you have a ginger producer and I have a ginger producer. So we share uh-huh. that in common as well. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> hey, um, remember bait shops? Bait shops is where it went down. You know, Hank? Oh, yeah. You know, you, yeah, I could see you in the bait shop. You'd be I used to work at a bait shop. You did? What'd you do? Oh, yeah. What'd you do? That's what I really did before I was a power fisherman, before <laughs> I was a pole fisherman. <laughs> I worked at a tackle shop. Okay. What were you doing? Just like helping people out, telling them well, where the whole thing man I'd, I'd i'd open at five in the morning one week and and work till noon and the next week i'd, I'd come in at noon and work the closing time one but two of us and it was angler's alley owned by a buddy of mine named mike hovis so i was just a i stocked the rubber worms i put the crankbaits on the shelves. i'd sell you a bag of ice a bucket of menace three dozen for a dollar babe <laughs> what was the name of it angler what Angler's Alley. Angler's Alley. Now that's Evan a- Oaks Marina on Lake Wiley. Dollar fifty to launch. Seventy five cent for a bag of ice. Three dozen minutes for a dollar. L- LFG. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my goodness gracious! Uh, you come a long way, Hank Parker. You're uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I had a long way to go. <laughs> uh, you're. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're. Uh, you're actually like. You're uh, you're doing a bassin phenomenon right now. You're a- you're actually becoming a YouTuber, Hank Parker. Yeah, how about that? That's the my buddy you- Jordan doing that for me. The YouTuber, and I'm excited about it. I like I like watching uh, OG proper bassin gangsters like yourself uh, breaking things down. And I and uh, I know you got a guy like Jordy over there uh, motivating you too. And, yeah, and t- tell me about the YouTube. Tell me what you're doing. What's going on? You know, let me tell you where we're going in today's society. You know, you can Google anything and find out anything. But at some point in time, there's nothing like a total demonstration, not just Google it. And it says, uh, pegging your lead is effective for flipping. Uh, a pit boss is a very effective flipping lure, but when you demonstrate that and show that you do a little six minute, three minute, seven minute YouTube segment, uh, you get to see full view. You get to see why, and you get to see a lot more than if you just Google something. So now a guy that may not even have on his radar screen, a question he watches Everybody can spare four or five minutes, especially, you know, when you're on boss man's time watching that laptop. (laughs) I got you. You you can not only see, but be a part of it. And so you get a better idea. 
So our YouTube show, for me, I like throwaway. I like not taking yourself too serious, but I also like making instructions fun and effective. Okay. So a fishing lure really is nothing more than a tool. And so you got a job to do. You know, when I go fishing, the first thing I do is ask myself the question. Now, now that I've decided on this area and I'm looking at this structure, what tool do I have that would most efficiently fish this particular situation? So I select that lure just like an automobile mechanic would select a tool. And it's a process that falls within a parameter of making sense, like A, B, C, D, E. So you go down the alphabet as you go down through your tackle box and decide what lures the most effective for this situation. And then with hardly, without exception, there'll always be an exception. <laughs> you did this or did this or did this, but the truth of the matter is I discovered maybe by accident, maybe on purpose, and maybe by experimenting, wasn't satisfied, that if I used a three-quarter ounce lid uh, <laughs> instead of a half ounce, that faster fall spurred bigger bit, bigger fish to bite. Sure. And I can put that together in a YouTube where it makes totally sense and it expands people's thinking sometimes that, man, I've never thought about changing my weights. I've never thought about lure speed falling, but always watch when you're flipping and you're pulling your bait out of the water. If you ever have fish start falling you out and they didn't hit it going in, put on a bigger lead. If they want it fast coming out, perhaps they want it fast going in. Uh -huh. So it just expands the way to think. Amazing. And the whole purpose of the YouTube is let's have fun first. But let's also do some powerful instructing and let's become a better fisherman. Let's have fun together. And of course, we get a lot of correspondence. I get ideas from people. The one thing that I did as a fisherman when I first started, you know, we drew partners. I fished with Roland. I fished with Clun. I fished with Nixon. I fished with Ken Cook. I fished with all these Charlie Reed. I fished with all these guys in competition in the same boat. But I fish with a lot of guys that nobody's ever heard of. But I made up my mind. I don't care who gets in my boat. I'm going to learn something. That guy can teach me something. There's somebody in my boat. He may not be famous and he may not have much of a reputation, but there's something he knows that I don't know. I want to learn from him. I go do seminars and I tell people and they all think I'm just being funny, but I'm telling the truth. I could easily bring any one of you 400 guys sitting out there in this audience up here and do a seminar and you'd teach me something. So a lot of times people are too proud to learn. If you ever get too proud to learn, you're going to be in trouble on catching fish. So yeah. you better be learning because these fish get sharper every day. They get caught and released and caught and released. So they get tougher to catch. And so do the fishermen get tougher every day too. You got to keep up. You got to learn. You got to learn. learn. And that's, I try to take what I learn from other people. I try to take all the correspondence I try to learn, and I try to pass that on through the YouTube. So I'm having fun doing the YouTube. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see more of it. And they just simply go to YouTube, subscribe to Hank Parker channel. 
That's right. Yeah, and if you're not subscribed to Hank Parker channel, you're a jerk, right? Ooh, I wouldn't say that. You're well, just I loser. said it. I said it. I, yeah, just, you yeah. said you're just you a loser. They're a jerk. I said they're losers. They're losers. Yeah. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> Subscribe to Hank's uh, Hank's deal. Hey, you want to do uh, you want to do cast uh, Hank Parker cast deal, Ginge? How we doing on all that? You need some time? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do the big thing. We got the uh, we have the contestant, and we're gonna do the uh, the cast. For not cash, we don't have this is a low budget show, but the good people at Berkeley are giving away a ton of product, a ton of product to this winner, and they're gonna have to answer Berkeley trivia questions, Hank. Oh. Aha. Yeah, Berkeley trivia questions. Hey, um, what do you think about modern tournament fishing? What do you think about modern tournament bass fishing? Today's bassin'. What do I think about it? Yeah. What do you think about it? Like, I love it. I, I love it too. You, do you think they could use some new rules, like racing in the parking lot? You know, like Ray Scott used to do, or maybe like uh, fist fights, or stealing tackle, or ten pounds and five rods. Like, if you could have a Hank Parker rule for modern tournament angling, and it could be implemented as the Hank Parker rule, what's the rule? We're going to start blast off about nine and weigh in about 1230, take a little nap and go back out about two and fish to four. <laughs> you are amazing. Oh, every boat will be supplied with, uh, 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 Metrical and, uh, <laughs> what the hell you drink to stay Awake. <laughs> Five iron. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well get some sushi and some cold cocktail yeah. shrimp, all that good stuff. Some prime rib. Yeah, I like all that. We yeah. go for that. That's the Hank Parker rule. So you, you you blast off at nine. You nap at you eat and nap at twelve. You go back out about two. Fish tail five. You have the weigh in, and then you do it again the next day. I like that. I think that worked pretty good. Yeah, that's nice. That's a nice, <laughs> nice casual, uh, nice casual. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, you know, you really you look. I hear a lot of people saying, "Man, I don't like all this technology, all this uh, looking at the fish electronically. I don't like all this stuff." Well, I don't know. People resist change. I kind of like it all. To be honest, I'm excited. I got uh, I got uh, new Mega Live on my new boat, which I hadn't got yet. I'm waiting. Uh, like a kid at Christmas should be here hopefully next week or so. Ooh. But uh, I like, I'm going to tell you one thing, Pat, that has changed the whole world. Uh, maps. You can pull up your map. My, I set oh, my hummingbirds yeah. where I, anything under 10 feet of water is red. Now, I don't do that when I'm in Florida, obviously, because we've got a lot of shallow water. But if I'm going to the Thousand Islands, Anything under 10 feet is going to be red. So I avoid all the red spots. I navigate down the lake. I don't ever hit anything. I can go anywhere. Right, right, yeah. It's changed the whole world. Safety, and God, you can cover so much more water, be so much more effective. It's just crazy, all the advance, and all of that's part of the electronics, and, and I think that's the biggest safety feature I've ever had. Yeah, 100%, but you know where it would not have helped you, Hank? was jumping that log way yeah, back. Yeah, that was just bad calculation. <laughs> what would the color code for that log be on the hummingbird? <laughs> <laughs> that 
would have been a flash in red. <laughs> a flash in red. Yeah, like, don't do this, you know? <laughs> but, you know, when you go through life and you're dumb, you learn a lot. <laughs> you know? Don't I know? <laughs> oh, man. You got to be tough, too. If you're going to be stupid, you have definitely got to be tough. Yeah, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna be, uh, if you're gonna be a little nimble-minded, sometimes you better yeah. be thick-skinned. You know yeah, what I mean? That's, that's, I'm, I'm gonna go with that. If you're gonna try to jump a log that's four foot out of the water, you you better have your crash helmet on. Yeah, and take some be ready to take some chirping from your buddies too. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, um, what's the best piece of advice that anyone ever gave you? Whether it's bass fishing or life, what's What's one of the best pieces of advice? Well, my dad always told me that regardless of what your circumstances are, you can always be friendly and you can always be honest. Okay. So I think that's good advice. Some people, for whatever reason, they're just not real friendly. And that's not necessary. You need to be nice. You need to be friendly. And you need to be honest. So I think that's that's about it's hard sometimes for a tournament fisherman because the guy comes up and asks me, uh, man, I saw you in that big flat. Did you catch anything? I don't want to answer him. So, you know, sometimes it's really hard to be honest. Yeah. So what do you say? Usually I lie. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to, but <laughs> I ain't catching nothing, but you're Hank Parker. Yeah, somehow, you're Hank Parker. Somehow. Man, I saw you in that big flat today. You was out there four hours. I bet you was catching them. When, well, I'm not too good. <laughs> Here and there. Andrew Ellenberger, Ginger Ninja, talk to me. What are you doing back there? Well, the original guy is not answering. We The backup can't, so we're trying a third. Holy cow. So what we're running through the We're running through the gamuts. Okay. Yikes. <laughs> who, 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 who lined this up? Who's getting docked on this? Berkeley's texting me, and they're saying, who do we dock for this? Okay, docking me. I got that. <laughs> I got that. that means you have to send me all of your new uh, power jigs. Yeah, oh, my goodness gracious. Did you get a chance to All see? All of them come to me. That's two, four, three. I called our buddy Brad Rutherford today, and I said, I need some more of those finesse jigs, please, if you have them. And he said, I don't have any of them. And I'm like, you're kidding me. He said, yeah, Hank Parker's got them all. Hank Parker has yeah. every... Oh, Brad's got them all in his tackle box. But I do have some Fritz Side 5s because I stole them out of his tackle box. <laughs> What's your favorite Fritz Side 5 color? Oh, what is that? Uh, morning Sunshine, Morning Dew. Oh, the Morning Ray Dawn Chong. It's Tommy yeah, Chong's daughter, Chong. the Ray Dawn Chong. Yes. Yeah. That's a good one. That's the morning. Ooh, that'll catch them. They come out with the fins up. All you got to do is hold it up. Yeah, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and they, and it's, uh, it, uh, it's called AMPM Mini Market. We call that one, too. Same color. Uh-huh. The, uh, now, another good one. I don't know if you're on this one yet, Hank, but is the new HD Blueback Herring. Oh, come down, son. I've got me a handful of them. I stole them from Brad. Good. Tell him that. Good. I hope he's not watching. It's actually kind of a greenish. Oh, hue. yes. It's a pretty thing. It looked just like an old blue back. It's, yeah. I mean, and, and that, that's an amazing color. Now, the lone John Cox throws the Lone Ranger most all the time. 
You got to watch John. Yeah, he's he's something else. He he texted me today and uh, and I wished him good luck and and he said, "Yeah, I'm gonna try not to suck like I did last week." <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I don't I can't remember if he was second or third place, but he certainly he certainly yeah, did. He's- He's just tough. It's pitiful. We might take a love offering up for him. He probably hasn't got but about three top tens out of the last three tournaments. So he has it. He struggles. He's, a, I mean, you were a three Derber guy. I did not know that. You were a three tour guy. And John Cox is the only other person I know of that, I don't know if he is again this year, but I know he was the only other three tour guy. That's a lot. That's tough, boy. That's really tough. You're never home, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean, un- unreal. And uh, hey, I'm sure if John could retire at at Hank Parker age, he he would do it <laughs> as well. <laughs> you know, Roger Miller, the old country music singer, he he uh, he retired. They asked him. They said, uh, "Why'd you retire?" He said, "Well, I worked hard all my life, made enough money to last me the rest of my life, providing I buy nothing big and die by Friday." <laughs> 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 that's wor- words of words of wisdom right yeah, there. that's where i'm at <laughs> oh my goodness man hank it's been a long time coming i mean uh we're happy that uh that you got a chance to come on this straight cash show did you have a good time tonight yeah man this is good i, I finally got rid of that cricket and got me one of these uh uh, computer things here I can look at. We got Zoom on. You can't get Zoom on a cricket, by the way. You go to Walmart and get your cricket, and it'll, it'll do good. You can call your grandmother, but you can want Zoom on it. You now you sound like Jimmy Houston. Well, I'm just telling you, if I sound like Jimmy Houston, I'd be going. <laughs> hey, get this. We had. I think it was the last show or the show before. Matt Robertson, you know on him. That kid's the the the, the new hit sensation on the elites. He's oh, yeah. he's a Jimmy Houston freak, and Jimmy Houston called in on the last show. Uh, he he zoomed in. Get this, Hank. He was in the lobby of the Broadway musical with the Wolverine in it. The the one with the Wolverine. And here's Jimmy. Like he's got an amazing bedazzled mask on. You know, like just looking like a dang rock star, a bassin. You know what I mean? You can't do that with him. You take a redneck from Oklahoma with a beetle wig. It's forty years old. You just gotta do it. Uh, I seen you back in the day. You had some shaggy beetle hair too. Hey, yeah, but I never did have that bowl cut. At least they cut mine. I had me a mullet. He had him a. He got, they put that salad bowl on him and cut it. Uh, you know, I think he's after a, a Dutch boy paint sponsorship. <laughs> he should have. That's a no-brainer. I don't know yeah, why that that didn't happen. Hey, talk to me, Andrew Ellenberger. What is going on here? What? Who's there? What's what? And what's happening? Tell me what's happening. He's looking right at you. I I got what's happening, Andy. Who do we got? What do we have? Oh, we don't even know who is who is our guest. You guys are so on top of stuff. Ama- amazing yeah. job to you and Jake. Who is our uh, who is our Berkeley cast for cash uh, uh, contestant tonight? Uh, my name is Matt. Can you guys hear me? Matt, I can hear you now. Can you hear him, right Hank? On. What's up, Pat? Yes, I can. Uh, excellent. What's your last name, Matt? Forbes. Matt. Like the magazine. Matt Forbes. Hank, we got a we got a Forbes magazine guy here. 
I like that. His name's Matthew, but we're gonna call him Matt. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, and thanks, dude, for uh, you have a chance tonight to win not cash, but uh, Berkeley Maxent Generals. Uh, some right. of Hank's favorites are the little generals, right, oh, yeah. Hank? Come on. Yeah, and we got those. We have uh, power bait power worms. You, okay. uh, 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 we got that in the pack. We got uh, cool. we got Berkeley hats. We got Berkeley nice. shirts. We got Fritz sides. We got all, only thing we don't have is Trilene. Because, <laughs> <laughs> but you get everything else. And uh, and Hank, can you even throw in? Like, do you think you could maybe throw Matt an autographed Hank Parker picture or something like that? I bet we could do that. And I tell you what else I'll do, Matt. I'll throw in uh, Pat's hoodie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's a great guy. Yeah. It'll be like Elvis, you know, don't wash it. Hey, Matt, you want to you want to take a chance to ask, uh, uh, take the opportunity to ask Hank Park or something while you're on the on the air? Yeah, besides the pistol grip, you got any advice for a new co-angler? I just signed up as a co-angler for the first time this year. Okay. Well, I'm glad you've been listening. That pistol grip's uh, a big deal. But, yeah, a co-angler has to just really pay attention to where the angler in the front of the boat don't fish if he's going down the bank and really concentrate on the little areas. The guy is picking all the low-hanging fruit. But every once in a while, there's one little spot there that he missed. And a lot of times, I had a, a co-angler that I fished with a lot that he was an expert or wait until we got way past it. And he could see a little alleyway up that shoreline uh, to throw in between those bushes that I couldn't make a presentation. So look for those little opportunities and always stay positive. A lot of guys will get so discouraged because they are catching all the, the easy fish and maybe you're not getting anything but that opportunity is going to present itself if you don't get tired and frustrated just keep you cool and look for opportunities to make cast at different angles especially when that boat goes by nice good tip hank the angles i appreciate that yeah absolutely yes, look for the angles the angle. That's it. And, and and then write whatever their superstition is. Like if it's like black cats or number 13 or, or whatever. <laughs> That's the other Hank Parker. Yeah, I've been listening. I like it. <laughs> All right. Do, do you, are you familiar with Berkeley history, Matt? Not very much. I was listening to some of the questions that you were asking Matt and Cassie last time, and I wouldn't have been able to answer any of those if I'm being honest. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm going to make it. So if you don't win, you're a big dummy. What do you think about that? I'm probably going to be a big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember Hank said, if you're going to be a dummy, you got to have thick skin. So I think you're going to gotta be dumb. You got to be tough. Yeah, that's right. That, that's right. That's right. You got to get up to get down. So let's yes, play sir. a little Berkeley history trivia. I think there's four questions and you got to get three of them right. All right. Okay. Easy enough, Matt. It's time for the Berkeley cast for a bunch of stuff game instead of the cast for cash because brad rutherford won't do it anymore game right hank that's right yeah but now 
I should be able to help Matt just a little bit if there is a question there and and be legal. Can I do that? I I will totally accept that. Yes, sir. All right. You now have he's an expert. Mr. Parker is your co-angler, Matt. What do you think (laughs) about that? That's that's right. Okay. In 1937, Berkeley Bedell tied his hand-tied flies for the first time in what Iowa City? Was it A, Des Moines, B, Spirit Lake, or C, Dubuque, Iowa? I like B. I like B, but I don't know. So you guess on your own, Matt. But I would, if it were me, I'd say B, but I'm not trying to coach you. You go with <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to listen to my co-angler here and take some advice and go with B. B, Spirit Lake, Iowa. Andrew Ellenberger, is he correct? It is Spirit Lake, Iowa. Oh, way to go, man. There you go. Berkeley Vidal, 1937. He started tying flies. In, in a little garage, and, and, uh, and then he eventually got some ladies. Co- he coerced some ladies into tying some flies to him. He's quite a, quite a ladies' man, old, old Mr. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. You know, and, uh, and, uh, and then in 1945, he actually opened up the whole Berkeley thing. So pretty, pretty cool little bit of Berkeley history Very right cool. there. All right. Are you ready? Get this one. I'm ready. Put your thinking cap on, Matt. Berkeley Trilene. Well, there it is. Doesn't say 13. Was introduced to the fishing world in A, 1859, B, 1959, or C, 1995. Berkeley Trilene. I'm going to say B. Yeah. <laughs> you got it right. There it is, 1959. Yeah, 1959. That's a, and, then, and then Hank was the only guy to win the Classic. At, 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 uh, one of the four. Yeah. One of the four that had it. Yep. Yeah, one of the four guys that had the that formula. The XL and the XT were brand new that year. That's right, bud. He's the OG. Yeah, OG <laughs> is right. Hey, which one of these is not a Berkeley fishing product brand? A, Lightning Rod. B, Silver Wonder Bar Soap. C, Gulp. Or D, Fireline. Which one is not a Berkeley product? Fireline? I'm going to have to go with the soap. The Lightning Bar Soap, yes. Although it does take smells away uh, from your fishing excursions, it is not a Berkeley product. But we should buy that, right, Hank? Let's buy that. I like that. Hey, yeah. we're three out of four already. Yeah. We had yeah, yeah, the fourth one. We got a slam dunk on some good. Maybe I'm not. A, maybe I'm not a big old dummy, huh? Yeah, you're uh, not. You're extremely fun. intelligent. In this bonus question, <laughs> if you answer this correctly, you get double the tackle from Berkeley Fishing. This is the double or nothing question. This is all the marbles. This is everything, Matt. This means everything to you right now. This is your whole life. Do you understand that? Everything. This is All a life it. moment. A life moment. All Who has the best freaking mustache in bass fishing? A, Seth Fighter. B, Shaw Grigby. Or C, Hank Parker. There's got to be my boy, Seth. 
Are you accepting that, Hank Parker? I'm, I'm sorry, sorry Hank. Yep, I think that's spot on. Charles pretty cool, though. He's got a pretty good little stash. Yeah, he's angler of the year, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's about your age when he when uh you know when you retired, Hank. So if if uh Seth goes ahead and gets the blue trophy and a BMC this year, he done. He done. Woo! Yeah, that's what I was saying. He's got it. He's got it. <laughs> hey, Matt, yeah, I mean, you're a llama fan. You're a you're a Hank Parker fan, and you are now rich in Berkeley fishing products. Congratulations. Thank Mr. you, guys. Matt Force. Heck yeah. Amazing. Amazing time. What do you got to say about that, Hank? I think that's awesome. Uh, old Matt was spot on. Uh, I call him Matthew, but he said I could call him Matt. So we're, okay. we're pretty tight now. <laughs> hey, we're tight. So, uh, I think Matt's sharp. Uh, he, he can fish in the back of my boat any day. There you <laughs> go. He's your co-angler for life. You guys just became yeah. best buds. <laughs> got a few of those generals on the extra when you get through. I'll give you my address after we get off. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, could use, I could use some uh, black grape with flake in it about now. Yeah, you're looking That's for that funny. June bug, aren't you? I know you. <laughs> I know you. Hey, uh, Hank, before we let you go, uh, right. could you give uh, could you give all of us here in the Bass Galaxy some Hank Parker words of wisdom to close the show? Hank Parker, words of wisdom. Yeah, do you, you know, yeah, tell us, Hank. A lot of people say, I like fishing early. Some people say, I prefer fishing late. Some people actually like fishing in the middle of the day. So I say, go early, stay late, and if it happens, you'll be there. <laughs> go early, stay late, and if it happens, you'll be there. That's Hank Parker, and that's some of the best advice I ever heard. That's some of the fish, fish all damn day, all the time. And you're going to be there when it happens. Hank, thanks. Yep, and one more thing I can tell you. Oh, go ahead. I can tell you every time I go on the water where the fish are, they're either deep, shallow, or in between. <laughs> Here's something else. You got it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Bass Galaxy, give it up for bass fishing legend and icon. Do 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 do. Hank Parker. Yes, sir. Thanks, man. Thanks, Matt Forbes, for joining in. I'm not sure if you're still there or not, but... Yep, Matt's still with us, man. He's yeah. hanging in there. He's waiting on all those goodies to go get. <laughs> Matt, just uh, direct message Jay Cos. Uh, on the Straycast Facebook, and he'll get the information to Berkeley. They'll get you the prize. Uh, Hank, thanks so much. Good luck with uh, luck with the YouTube channel. You going to be at the Classic this year? I'll be there, brother. Okay, I'll see you there over at the Berkeley booth. I imagine. Yes, sir. I'll be right there. Come see me. Heck yeah, I'll we're going to see you. Yeah, we're going to have a good we'll hook I'm, up. I'm easy guy to spot. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're not. Uh, you don't blend in with the crowd. So, yeah. <laughs> I just got a cool Berkeley hoodie. That's yeah, you do, ladies you and gentlemen. Hoodie away, by the way. Yeah, I know. Thanks for that. Thanks for that, bud. Yeah. By the yeah. way, hey, give it up for my best friend right now, Hank Parker. That's right. <laughs> Thank you to you for all the happiness you have brought myself in the Bass Galaxy 
through all these years. And um, thanks for coming on the show. And thanks for uh, the, uh, the the Ginger Viking, your producer, for helping us out here tonight, too. Uh, he's a good guy. I'll thank him, and I appreciate you having me on. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Hank Parker. Thanks, Hank. See you later. Peace. Good Bye. Night, That's Hank. Good night. good night. Catch him good tomorrow. All right. We're going to do that. There it is. Wow. That's the Hank Parker show. Holy cow. I like that. You like that, Change? Unreal. Oh, Hank. What, do you, what was your favorite part about tonight, Change? That classic story about the grape that they took out and he grabbed him. About the worm? Yeah, that's insane. That's awesome. Like, and, and, and Hank and, and Ray Scott is such a badass. I mean, like... Let's just face it. Back in the day, he's like, nah, I'm taking away some baits, <laughs> bud. Like, there would like, imagine if someone did that to Corey Johnston. You know what I mean? Like, Corey would lose his shit. Yeah. He would start freaking out. He'd go Canadian on him. That's just, that's he'd go hockey on him. It'd be amazing. But anyway, Golden Age of Bassin and, and Hank Parker. That was a, was a good one. Wow. Thanks, Hank. I really like that. Thanks, Berkeley Fishing. Uh, I appreciate the opportunities that. The Bass Galaxy gives on this thin raft of bassing that we float upon every week. Thank you, TH Marine Supplies. Check out those new patches. They're cool. The vintage patches. Omnia Fishing. Omniafishing.com. They have everything. Plano boxes. They just did some special on Plano. They got something else going on now, too. Check out Omniafishing.com. Power pole. We power pole down for pleasure. For pleasure. Pleasure. I was about to say fishing. And pleasure at the same time, and I combined it to pleasure. It's a new word, fishing pleasure. Hey, Crestliner, that's what floats my boat. That's right, it's Crestliner right there. Dakota Lithium. Andy, you're all charged up on Dakotas. Absolutely. And feeling light, lightweight. Berkeley, thanks for the prizes tonight. Abu Garcia Fishing, you're amazing. Love your reels. I want 4,600s now that Hank was <laughs> talking about that. Brad Zeller's over at Bite Me Tackle. Thanks for helping us get the lead out. Amphibia, we throw shade with you all the time. Alpha Angler, Alpha Angler Customs. Amazing sticks for proper bassin' men. Andy just put an order in. Got some cool shit. Yeah. Tin Cup Whiskey, Luke Foley, thanks for your contribution to uh, to this show and the Bass Galaxy. Sims Fishing, Patterson is the man. Like, if you ask people who's the man, they say Patterson. That's what they say. Ichikawa Fishing. Thank you, Ichikawa family. 100 years of fine craftsmanship. Uh, KVD Line and Lure. May I not forget. Squirt it on if you like it. I don't know what that even means, but it helps. Just do it. Bravarni Bates. Dan Bravarni, thanks so much. Uh, and uh, I think that I get everybody, Ginch. Do I have everyone? I uh, 10 cups. Yeah, we got the 10 cups and the uh, Luke Foley's. He's the whiskey gypsy. He's going to Florida. And then he's going to the classic. And he's all over the place. John Ka- or John Cruz. Tom Cruz, I mean. Tom Cruz next week. Right here on uh, Three's Company. Check your local listings. Times to be announced. Subject to change. This show has not been endorsed by the commercial broadcasting company and has uh, purely been fictitious and this show did not even happen tonight if you're still listening to this i don't know why but we thank you i'm pat renwick and andrew ellenberger and jake haas bidding you peace and we peace we bid you see you next week with john cruz right here 7 p.m central straight jazz peace
Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Dance. No, just kidding. This is Pat. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to StrayCast on iTunes and leave a review. Tell us what you think. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. Peace!